Kura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Kiora Wellington, you're listening to Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM and this is B-Side Stories, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I'm Laura Kewen and I'm Catherine Haddock. Hey Catherine. Hey Laura. Uh, I am uh, very excited and energized today because I went to a Meet the Candidates meeting in Aro Valley last night. How was it? It was so exciting. I can't believe I've never been to one at the community center there, and they're world famous. So it was a really great experience. And what happened? Well, um, Jeff Simmons, like got soaked more than anyone else probably and um James James Shaw got a pretty good um soaking as well from the water guns that they squirt uh, you with when yep, you yep. when you talk over over your time limit they ruthlessly soak you with um squirt guns is that something maybe they could do in parliament do you think yeah that's a great that idea would be a great idea uh, actually on second thought if everyone had a squirt gun, it would just be chaos. <laughs> it's just like the Speaker of the House just has a super soaker. Is that what you're picturing? Yeah. 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 That might that might work. It was ex- incredibly effective. I've never seen Grant Robertson look so scared. <laughs> he would jump like he would jump a foot in the air every time um, he got hit with the with the water. It really it really shut him up. <laughs> um, so that's great. And there's more candidates meeting coming candidates meetings coming down the track. We have been talking a little bit about the election on B side stories, mm. um, and uh, we've been talking about party vote mostly. But we we also have to vote in our electorates. So um, keep a lookout. And on September fifth, there's a meeting at St Anne's Hall in Newtown for the Rongatai electorate. Yeah, that's right. I'm now in Rongatai. I was in Wellington Central before, and now now it's a whole new world. It is a whole new world, and we've got. Um, uh, our old uh, electorate MP is retiring, so we've got a whole new set of candidates to consider. Yeah, a whole new set of candidates to soak with a water pistol, perhaps. Yes, mm. <laughs> we should introduce that to every candidate. <laughs> we should. And if you're a Wellington Central person, there there are more meetings for your candidates as well. There's one on uh, the 7th of September um, at the uh, Tararua Tramping Club. So keep a lookout wherever you are. Um, do your democratic duty. Absolutely. And make sure you're enrolled. It make sure you're enrolled. <laughs> um, very good. On with the show. I am going to be uh, doing a review, not a review, but um, a- an exciting story about a Wellington on a Plate event that took place on bicycles over on the bicycle. past week. There was food, there was bicycle riding, there, were, um, there was a slide. What? There's a, a slide, slide as well. A bike on a slide? <laughs> the bike wasn't on the slide. Oh, All no. will be revealed oh, in the I second half of the show, so please uh, stay tuned for that. <laughs> All of my favorite things in one, one place. <laughs> um, and who, who have you got to chat to in the first half? Uh, I'm joined with Jess Ducey, and she's uh, a co-founder of Women Who Get Shit Done, uh, which is, and has an unconference coming up. Fantastic. Yeah. Hi, Jess. Welcome to the show. Uh, nice to be here. <laughs> and so, um, women who get shit done, and I've checked that, uh, we're allowed to say that on the we're radio. Allowed to say that on the radio. We're allowed yes. to say that. 
um, is a, it's a collaborative event um, for women who are passionate about what they do, whatever that may be. Um, and uh, this this unconference, you all get together to connect, inspire, and I guess ultimately to get to get shit done. Yeah, um, we call it, or I call it, I guess, affectionately, just feminist camp. It's basically okay. a weekend summer <laughs> okay. camp for women, for adult women and kids. Um, but yeah, we got started uh, just over a year ago now. Um, another co-founder, Anna Gunther, put out a tweet at some event that was like, hey, would people want to go to like a women's weekend unconference? And a whole bunch of people said yes, and that it all sort of spiraled out of control. Um, and we put the first one on in June of last year in Wellington. So this mm-hmm. one coming up in September is Wellington 2.0. We had 100 women um, up at Tatum Park and outside of Levin, and we just had a weekend of women talking about the things they care about, the things they do, the problems they face, um, what's important to them, what's entertaining to them. We've put on childcare at all the events to make sure that women who have kids can still participate because that's one of the biggest barriers to women getting involved in anything is either you can't bring your kids or you've got to find and pay someone to watch your kids. And so we're trying to just get rid of those sorts of barriers. Um, And as happens whenever women do anything really um a couple of the women at the first one said this was really fun can we do it again uh down in Christchurch Mm -hmm. and so they planned and executed another weekend for another hundred women down south and then a few others did one up in the Bay of Plenty um so this is actually our fourth one coming up in Wellington and we're looking at hopefully getting a couple more out next year and just keep us going because every time we're oversubscribed for people who are interested and there's just so many beds in every adorable summer camp venue in New Zealand so (laughs) Can, can I ask, what do you mean when you say it's an unconference? What does that even mean? Um, so unconferences came out of, I think, something vaguely in the tech world. Um, in a way, they're exactly what they sound like. It's sort of the opposite of, you know, when you usually go to a conference, there's an agenda and there's a couple of fancy keynote speakers that everyone loses their shit for. And then there's <laughs> these very structured sessions and there's networking and name tags and everyone's very official. Um, and it's none of that. Basically, it's a group of people um, united by something, their interest in a topic, being women, whatever. Um, And on the first night, they get together and sort of set the agenda. So you kind of go into it at the start with, this is a thing I want to talk about. This is a thing I would like someone else to talk about that I would like to learn about. This is a session I would like to facilitate. And so the people at the conference make the conference. So each one is really unique in terms of someone there is bringing something they're passionate about or something they just are curious about and they find someone else to talk about it. Um, And so it's sort of predicated on the idea that everyone has something to teach and learn rather than you go to conferences to sort of worship at the feet of famous people and important Mm -hmm. people. Everyone has something useful to offer and everyone has something to learn. And so you kind of get rid of the, you get rid of the titles, you get rid of the idea that some people are accomplished and some people aren't, but everyone has done some really cool shit. And this is your chance to kind of bond with other women. Mm. Um, So yeah, it's, it's organized chaos. Um, (laughs) It's a lot of sessions. It's, you know, it's one of those multi-channel five or six rooms, really easy to miss stuff, and the kind of conference where you leave wishing you had more time or a couple of clones because there's something cool about, you know, starting a business and then organ donation and uh, planning for the zombie apocalypse all in the same session. You're like, well, shit, what am I going to do with my life? Like, how do I plan for this? Um, And it's just a lot of fun, and it's... We do it residential and overnight for two nights, so it it does have a very summer campy vibe. Mm -hmm. People wear pajamas and onesies, and so it's not suits, it's not corporate, um, and you get to kind of bring your whole self. You get to talk about the hard shit as well, rather than just um, how to do corporate networking or how to build your personal brand or something like that. But you get to get to delve into some really personal things as well, Mm -hmm. and that's pretty cool to watch women just bond and be awesome for yeah it sounds amazing hours. sounds really it's fun. super fun and yeah. you should come to the one after wellington because it's <laughs> full but come to ones next year yeah and what so what type of women are 
come to these events, they're attracted to them? Um, Women in New Zealand is probably the the easiest way to sum it up. Um, (laughs) Although we've had some interest from Australia and hopefully in the future we'll get something going with across the pond. Um, We have, the first one was advertised almost entirely on social media, but we tried really hard to shoulder tap outside of our 30-something white girl in the city demographic. Um, And our goal is to get groups of attendees that reflect the kind of age and ethnic diversity of New Zealand and sort of match the census numbers. Um, And that's challenging and we're getting better and it's hard, but it's really important to us that we get a true cross-section of all of New Zealand. And so we've been working at, um, you get women from city corporates, you get women from agriculture, women who work in small businesses, women who work in the arts, um, journalists, um, all sorts of people. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool where I think in a lot of conferences you tend, they're usually sort of industry focused. So everyone already works in your field, but this is your chance for someone running a small business in a rural area to meet a big shot lawyer um, or to find somebody else who might do their kind of work and just get women sort of in different sectors and kind of talking to people who you probably wouldn't ordinarily have ever met. Um, and that's kind of the, I guess, what we're going for rather than this is women in tech and this is women in business and this is women in law. This is just women um, doing all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah, and I guess um, with um, you've talked a little bit about how having a diverse group of women means that people might mix across lines that they may not otherwise. And so maybe perhaps greater things can come of that collaboration yeah, that maybe you wouldn't get, have before. I mean, all the research suggests that diverse groups do better work, no matter what that work is, whether it's building a software app or running a country. Um, mm. Diverse groups are better at these things because you get different views. And so something that you've been entrenched in your industry and in your field for so long, all it takes is a set of fresh eyes, someone who can look at it and be like, well, why, do, why would you do that? Or what about this? Um, and it's just really important for kind of stepping out of your box, I guess. Hmm, incredible. Can I ask, uh, what is your industry or what is your thing that you do? Um, I am kind of a freelancer in various things, um, communications and engagement and a little bit of tech and diversity and some events and lots of things. So this sort of covers a lot of them. Actually, this is a nice way of combining all my interests. I like to say that I lack direction, but I, I just have lots <laughs> of interest. Um, and emphatic commitment. So yeah, that's typical. <laughs> that's that's um, that's self-deprecation. That's that's negative <laughs> self-talk. <laughs> we don't exactly. Um, no, I like um, I like people and meeting lots of interesting people, and I find that that's much easier if you have three divergent jobs rather than one. You just get like a bigger selection mm. of humans to hang out with. Yeah, and how do you encourage that diversity within your? Um you know, within Um, your participants? Honestly, the alumni network since the first one has Mm -hmm. been the biggest boon for that because you get a lot of women saying, well, that's not me. I don't get that much shit done. I'm not that cool. (laughs) But um, women do. Like, just existing in the modern era means you're getting a lot of shit done Mm -hmm. and you are overcoming a lot just to turn up to work or just to raise a family or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, And so the alumni have been the best for that and kind of talking women down from that self-doubt that says, no, that's not me. Yes, it is you. It is you. Um... And so that's a big one. We reach out to our networks and try to get people to go to there. So going out to someone you know who works in the trades or who works in agriculture or somebody who is in kind of a field that's either under where women are underrepresented, where the field doesn't really get talked about in a lot of urban-based things. Um, so it's really all word of mouth. Um, we tried some posters this year around like community centers and picked up a lot of cool um, older Pacifica women in hmm. like Puerto and areas, which has been really neat just to see the kind of women that you probably would have found on Twitter. Um, and they're just badass and they're delightful. And 
they just got so much knowledge and stories to share that are just really fun to sit around a campfire and chat about. Yeah, and I guess good things come out of those social interactions as well as the sort of the, the unformal, formal unconference. Yeah, um, <laughs> half the best stuff happens in the tea breaks and the bits after a session. You know, mm. a session's 45 minutes to an hour, so you just start to get into the meaty bits when it's time to move on, and then you go to lunch and you keep talking about whatever that thing was that you bonded over. Um, and that's where we get alumni who kind of start new ventures together and people who sort of spontaneously quit jobs and make major changes and start businesses. Uh, and that's what's been really cool is this kind of network of alumni that's come out of this. And now you've got a couple hundred women that even if you weren't at the event with one of them, you are all part of this broader network. It can be a, hey, I'm having a personal career dilemma. What do people think of this? Or I'm thinking of going into this field. What should I study? Um, has anyone worked for this company? Have you heard about them? Is this a good approach to ask for my salary negotiations um anything mm. and it's really cool we've built this sort of women's underground it's not that underground i guess because i just told everyone but um <laughs> it's real <laughs> <laughs> but it's real cool to have that kind of big network of friends who can be like does this make sense am i overthinking this am i being too sensitive is this all right and it's real cool to have a big range of people who can have your back mm. And it's a women's only event. What sort of what's the benefits of of having it just being a women's event? Um, there's a lot of research that suggests that any kind of groups that are marginalized or left out or sort of underprivileged in society benefit from having their own spaces. Um, and that's where it's a nice opportunity for women to get together and just talk about the realities of their world without necessarily having to explain it to other people um, or to justify it to the men around them and. And sometimes you get a break. If mm. your job or your life has lots of dudes in it, and sometimes it's really nice to just turn that off for 48 hours. Um, so we've been asked, you know, why isn't there men who get shit done? Um, and there's there's two answers to that. The kind of half-joking but real one we say is that that's every conference ever. <laughs> um, that's every conference you've been to that had an all-male panel. That's every – that article in some magazine here that was about Wellington's great food scene and had a dozen dude chefs – about how like Wellington food is amazing. It's all of that. And that's kind of, um, that's frustrating if you work in an industry to look at that every time and never see anyone who looks like you being held up as a model of success. Um, so that's our kind of snarky answer is that there's lots of conferences about men who get shit done. But the other answer is no one's organized one. Um, nothing's, I mean, we did this because we wanted it to exist. I wanted, made Anna and Amber and Tosh wanted to hang out with a bunch of women for a weekend. And so we organized a, a way for us to do that um and that's probably the real answer if why there's not a men's one is that no one's organized one yet so hey how did you all know each other um how did we know each other uh so tosh and anna both work for pledge me um i now work for pledge me tosh went on maternity leave um amber and tosh knew each other from like way back in the day in like the kind of crafty world of wellington like the underground markets and stuff oh. back when those were getting off the ground and i met Tosh and Amber through, um, when I first moved to Wellington, my very first friend I met at a team building icebreaker during like a course thing at my job. Um, and she had just started a knitting circle at the pub with her friends. I was like, hi, I just moved to Wellington three days ago and I really like knitting. And she adopted me and let me hang out with her friends. And that's how I know everyone in Wellington now. Um, so yeah, just Wellington, the internet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys sort of work in similar... Similar circles, it sounds um, like. Yeah, you we have all, similar skills, is that right? Um, 
we found ourselves a bit oversubscribed in like the comms field, um, yeah. but everyone has worked around tech in their day jobs and have founded a company. Tosh and I did similar kind of comms organizing roles. Um, Amber's background is actually in like hardcore technical tech. Um, and so, yeah, I guess kind of vaguely similar. Um, in a, yeah, we probably couldn't do each other's jobs, but on paper, yeah, we all work for tech companies, weirdly. We were very adamant this was not going to be like another tech conference, another women in tech conference. And it turns out that's actually what all of us do. (laughs) But you but you went out of your way to get people who didn't do. Yeah. And that's what we've tried really hard to do is get small business owners and food because we also like eating. (laughs) There's lots of amazing women doing cool stuff in the hospitality sector, but they're really good to have at residential events because you like also there's a kitchen if anyone (laughs) feels like demonstrating their skills. A brilliant idea. Yeah. That's exactly who you need to invite to unconferences. (laughs) Exactly. That comes (laughs) pre-catered. Yeah, it sounds great, like, a, like a great way of networking and building connections with other people. And yeah, and it's... Meeting a bunch of awesome women, really. Yeah, networking yeah. has a lot of, I think, kind of, I don't know, schmoozy yeah. connotations where it's very much like, what can I get from you? And I think when you do it for 48 hours and you share bathrooms in a campsite with people, it becomes a very different kind of networking. Yeah. Uh, you find out who snores, you find out who's <laughs> up late, you know, you sit around gossiping around the fire or dancing to Lemonade last year was right after Beyonce's <laughs> album came out. And so we did a, a, a s- official screening of the album and had a dance party. Um, and that's very different from, you know, the, the cocktails and the canapes that you normally get at a conference. So mm. it's a different sort of networking. It's much, much faster. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And so who, who actually organizes these events? I heard, like, they must go a lot go into it. Um, yeah, so there's four of us plus um, a woman who runs all of our childcare who does incredible mind-blowing work to organize a full weekend of activities for a range of kids. So the kids are doing like, science experiments and casually putting on a play and then doing the obstacle course outside and then doing messy art projects and... Um, bless her heart, that is hard work. So it's, you know, it's securing a venue. It's... Um, we're pretty, we have a massive commitment to making sure events are accessible. So we offer 20% of our attendees go on scholarships, um, Mm. or partial or full scholarships. We work really hard to make sure that the venue is accessible for everyone. So if you need your own room for something, if you need special arrangements for any kind of reason, dietary requirements, venue accommodations, um, working with everyone individually to make sure that is all sorted. So that's a massive piece of work. Um, and just honestly finding venues where 100 people can sleep for two days in, you know, something moderately comfortable um, has been a challenge. And that's where all of the events have sort of ended up capped at about 100 people is that's really just the most beds you can get for an affordable price without going into some massive hotel. Um, and also, I think more than that, it gets pretty hard to get to know anyone mm. in a group of 300. You know, you're going to get to the end of three days and have no idea who the person across from you is. So 100 is nice. But um yeah, it's, we did the first one um, in about three months from, ha oh, this would be neat if it existed, to, okay, it's happening now. <laughs> I would not recommend that. That was a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> and so each event has progressively started to plan earlier. And coincidentally, it's getting much more organized um, and much less stressful. Um, but most of them had a team of anywhere from, you know, three to five people. And that's kind of that sweet spot of everyone's got their different skills. You've got somebody who can back you up if you're in over your head. And everyone bonds a lot. We had a lot of meetings over delicious food during the lifetime of flight. <laughs> I'm liking this more and more. <laughs> it's really just a secret way to hang out with each other during work hours more often. 
Um, is it um, uh, what's the most unexpected sort of things you end up talking about at the at the unconference that people bring up and end up turning into big long conversations? Um, there have been lots that get. It's usually the ones where you look at it and you're like, I don't even know what that is, or I've never even pondered that, that end up being really interesting. So there's hmm. um, there's been a good one on preparing for the zombie apocalypse, and it's kind of about the zombie apocalypse, but it's also kind of about the massive meteorological and other sorts of disasters that just sort of wipe out not life, but the way we live as we know it, and kind of how do you think about what do you do when there's no electricity? Like, how much of your life is tied up in a phone? post an earthquake or something you know do you know your own phone number or like the phone number of anyone you can contact um so that's always interesting because it's slightly horrifying but usually ends up being a bit empowering like i have a plan now (laughs) i know what to do when the zombies come Mm -hmm. um we had a a nurse talk about organ donation um which was really cool we've had a few people do a i am a you know, a thing, a survivor of something horrific, or I've done something that's really unusual that no one's done, and kind of an ask me anything sort of thing. That's just Mm -hmm. like, here's this weird part of my life that is probably quite unique. I'm going to put that out there. Um, We had a couple people do a, like a one-on-one session on polyamory. Um, It was like, hi, we live in open relationships. Ask us anything. Um, And so it's, it's usually the stuff like that that's a bit more personal and not quite as much of the the work-related stuff that get really interesting. But honestly, whatever people bring, um, people have done, like, outside, you know, photography and bird watching and those sorts of things are really cool. Yeah. We went skinny dipping in Christchurch late at night after a session on body positivity, you know? It just fits in perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Do you get a lot of repeat attendees? Um, we try to keep a like a 15 to 20 ish percent repeat attendees, just to sort of people who understand what the unconference is about. Cause it's, if you've never been to one, it's pretty intimidating to think that you could and should facilitate a session. Um, and so we try to keep like a chunk of return attendees to kind of preserve the culture and the vibe and then try to fill the rest with as many new people as possible. So we've got a few Fano leaders who you've got a little small group of other attendees that you hang out with. And that's kind of your camp mom, for lack of a better word. <laughs> and so those are all repeat attendees. And for the first one, it was people who had at least been to unconferences. Um, so we try to keep a balance of fresh meat and experienced faces who kind of can show you what's going on. Cause it can get really intense. You know, conferences are draining when they're nine to five and very business focused. So when it's two and a half straight days and you're getting into stuff that might be a bit more personal or might be kind of surprising. You didn't know that you had that many feelings about, mm. um, our group in the Bay of Plenty in June introduced having a counselor on site for the weekend, which was really cool for people. Um, and we're taking that on board and just shamelessly stealing that idea and putting it across all events for the mm, future. Great. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I would highly recommend it on conference. If anyone ever has a chance to go to one, definitely a sleepover one. If you can also, you don't have to wear fancy clothes. So, <laughs> and how do you capture any of these sort of cool ideas that come out of the days? And um, So one of the things with unconferences that's kind of made them interesting, and I think the reason they get so personal, is most of them are run under Chatham House rules. You know, what happens in the room stays in the room. Mm. Um, and so you can talk about what was discussed, but generally in a kind of unattributed or get permission to attribute sense. And so we tend to talk about things generally. We've had a lot of our attendees write about the things that they've done as a result and that's kind of how the word gets out is I quit my job and decided to go into individual consulting or I started this business or I've completely changed track in my career or I negotiated for that promotion or whatever it is that they've done 
Um, so that's where a lot of the individual stories are coming out of. Um, and we stay in touch with alumni to try to try to do some kind of monitoring measurements. So when we go to sponsors who are super nervous about having their logo on something that has shit in the name, <laughs> we're trying to show them, like, oh, this is really good. Look at all these amazing women. Like, I know there's a curse word, but it's okay. We'll, we'll use the acronym for everything. They'll be fine. Um, the very first one we did, we had to start, like, putting an asterisk in all of our emails because so many email filters like none of our emails got through it's just a shit and we're like oh crap everyone who signed up with their work address yeah like, yeah of course um so in retrospect we would never change the name but um if you're gonna name your thing something with a curse word in it like you just need a plan for your, for your communications <laughs> to just like put that out there so somebody will actually get to read it um and it's really hard to get big corporates to sponsor things with shit in the name but we're getting there it's been four um and they're they're coming around so if you are a brave corporate <laughs> get in touch <laughs> yeah big opportunity are they, can i ask about like the 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 sort of spin-off groups that have co- that have popped up around the country like what's happening there yeah so it's i mean it's kind of like franchising i guess um it's They've all been led by alumni who went to one. Um, oh, so we've yeah. tried to get people from all over the country. And we've had, a, you know, you get a decent number of out-of-towners, and we've had some travel scholarships available. But obviously it's harder to get to a new city. So the people who've come said, this is really great. I think we could have a market for this in my town. I want to organize one. And we said, great, because women are efficient and they <laughs> get shit done. Um, so that's where that's come from. It's been alumni saying, this was real fun. I want to have it in my town. Um, and it's been amazing because each of them have, they've attended something, so they've come up with new ideas that are, you know, little things or big things that just make the event better and more interesting. And then they also get their own local vibe and their own local traditions that are happening around, you know, sometimes it's just the venue that you're in, you know, the Christchurch venue had a pool. So that was really neat. There was an indoor swimming pool you could use. Um, the first Wellington one had a big campfire. So that was this like kind of core part of a lot of the bonding for people. Um, and one of the groups just started asking in the registration form, are you an early bird or a night owl? I'm like, that's brilliant. We're going to put six <laughs> people in bunks. Like how smart is it to just check if you wake up at dawn or go to bed at midnight, you know? Yeah. Duh. Um, so it's been amazing to see that because it's just women going and running with it, which is what happens when you put women in a room together. They come up with brilliant ideas and then they just execute them. And then all of a sudden... There's five new businesses and four more events in the year, and we're talking Anna down from trying to run six in a year. <laughs> it's great. Anna, you're crazy. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to scale at a reasonable pace and responsibly, but um, yeah, just hire women and they will get shit done. You. <laughs> you got your tagline right there. <laughs> yeah. That's us. <laughs> and so you've got one happening in September. Yeah, so we've got one in September, which we um, totally meant to put on election weekend um <laughs> whoops <laughs> we were sort of checking dates so we picked one that was available and then we were like that september 23rd that sounds really familiar i wonder what's going on then is it someone's bur- oh it's the election um but actually we've decided to double down and commit to that um watching election returns is it can be an emotional and stressful time um a lot of people put a lot of time into organizing during campaigns and so there's just like dramatic moment that happens and we thought yeah. there's no better way to watch returns than with a whole bunch of cool women um so we're gonna have an election watching party we'll have the beyonce screening in the other room in case you need a break (laughs) um and it's a saturday night at the conference so we've got the whole next day for people who want to you know whatever you feel after the election the the last one um was right after the brexit vote and so a bunch of people want to just kind of process that and talk about what does that mean you know for people who have ties to the uk or not and just again 
have 99 other women with you to talk about what happens with the government going forward. That's pretty cool. That's a good group. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Very exciting. Just don't forget, you've got to vote. Do your special vote early. Oh, don't worry. I'm, um, totally I registered to vote on the exact day that I was eligible in New Zealand, which <laughs> was dumb because I moved flats a week later, so I had to do it all over again. This was also <laughs> six months before any election I could vote in, but I was, yeah, don't worry. Just doing your We're civic great. duty. Yeah. I mean, if anyone hasn't, we will drive them back into Wellington to go cast a ballot. We're good. We have an emergency plan. But yes, everyone, please vote. It's so important. <laughs> yeah, particularly, I imagine uh, that, you know, um, a bunch of women um, with, the, with the election coming up, watching sort of to see what policies were given affect yeah. them, you know. Um, so many policies that affect women disproportionately are still highly politicized. Um, so it's, yeah... We have a lot at stake in any election, so, and we are a massive block of voters who went to the panel the other night that Radio New Zealand and the spinoff put on, um, more than a pretty face of women under 40 in politics and looking at the number of women who haven't voted and what that looks like in terms of every margin in any election ever. Um, It's a lot more than any of those, so there's a lot of unheard voices out there and it's really important that we get a chance to say something and participate Mm. do you have a vision if you're women who get shit done on conferences and Mm. networks sort of like are really successful and spread how do you think how do you think things will look different in the future if those are successful um i think there's a lot of benefit from having the kind of informal cross-sector networks that go alongside the professional ones. And so this is where when you're doing a thing in your sector, you're like, oh, you know, I've got that friend in journalism or I've got that friend in law that can help us out with this thing we're doing. And I think a lot more gets done when it's multifaceted like that. Um, For the, you know, Women Who Get Shit Done as an organization, which we are officially an organization now. We we went legit and registered as a... um, what are we? A charitable trust? Not a charitable trust. Um, no, a charitable trust. That sounds society. right. Yeah. No, it's a charitable trust. Charitable um, trust. Great. That was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we, and one of the things we've been thinking about doing is kind of finding a way to sustain and make real that network of women um, and thinking about doing mm. consulting services for groups and organizations that want to hire more women and want more diversity and they don't know where to start. Because um, that's one of the big challenges you get with, well, we want to hire women, but none of them applied. Maybe it's because you don't have any and no one, it's really hard to be the first. Um, so working with events and with organizations and with companies um, to get better about that kind of stuff. Cool. Would be a cool venture along the way. Yeah, cool. That's great that people are thinking about that kind of thing. Yeah, because um, everyone's doing it. You know, people who work in unbalanced organizations where there's a lack of representation. If you are one of the few token diverse people, it becomes your job, whether you want it to or not. Mm. Um, You end up having to speak for everyone who looks like you or sounds like you. And that's shitty for everyone involved. Um, And as we all well know, diverse teams do better. Um, It just makes good sense, both ethically and morally. And then also financially, if that's what your company is into, you'll make better products. Um, So... That's kind of the end goal is getting more diversity along that um, and trying for us and for everyone else to get better about the kind of intersectional versions of that. So involving more women with disabilities, trans women, uh, Pacifica and other ethnic minority women and getting bigger groups of those women involved. So you've got 
more voices that we can amplify and that we can use our privileged platforms as urban upper middle class white women and start mm-hmm. to get and start to use that power for good hopefully not speaking for but rather you know lending a platform to and amplifying as for much sure. as we possibly can for sure yeah yeah so if there's anybody out there who's super interested sounds like maybe it's their cup of tea or maybe they know just the right person who'd be super yeah interested. if you know badass women um we'll have <laughs> we'll be announcing uh events for 2018 which is weird to think that that's coming um there should be two or three in the year we're setting dates so stay tuned check out the website um and yeah we'd love to have as many women as possible come along if you think that it's not for you then it definitely is um (laughs) yeah if you're concerned that you don't get enough shit done then you are absolutely the kind of person that we want in the room um so yeah that extends to both of you as well (laughs) (laughs) cool thanks jess thanks i think there's only one song we can go out on for this interview They don't love you like I love you. Step down, they don't love you like I love you. Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Oh, love, they don't love you like I love you. Oh, down, they don't love you like I love you. Something don't feel right because it ain't right, especially coming up after midnight. I smell your secrets, and I'm not too perfect to ever feel this worthless. How did it come down to this? Scrolling through your call list. I don't want to lose my pride, but I'm going to fuck me up a bitch. Know that I kept it sexy, and know I kept it fun. There's something that I'm missing, maybe my head for one. What's worst? Looking jealous or crazy, jealous or crazy. Or like being walked all over lately, walked all over lately. I'd rather be crazy. They don't love you like I love you. Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Back up, they don't love you like I love you. Step down, they don't love you like I love you. Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Hold up, they don't love you like I love you. Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Let's imagine for a moment that you never made a name for yourself. A master wealth, they had you labeled as a king. Never made it out the cage, still out there moving in them streets. Never had the baddest woman in the game up in your sheets. Would they be down to ride now? They used to hide from you, lie to you. But y'all know we were made for each other, so I find you and hold you down. Missing say, hold up, they don't love you like I love you. Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Back up, they don't love you like I love you. Step down, they don't love you like I love you. Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Hold up, they don't love you like I love you. Slow down. They don't love me like I love you. It's such a shame. You let this good love go to waste. I always keep the top tier. Five star. Sexy loving in the car. Like make that wood. Like make that wood. Holly like a boulevard. What's worse? Looking jealous or crazy. Jealous and crazy. Or like being walked all over lately. Walked all over lately. I'd rather be crazy. Hold up. They don't love you like I love you. Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Back up, they don't love you like I love you. Step down, they don't love you like I love you. Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Oh, love, they don't love you like I love you.